This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Long-distance relationships bring forth a plethora of challenges, emotional isolation, uncertainty about the future, and the ever-present spectre of jealousy. The lack of physical intimacy could complicate things further. So, how can we navigate the intricacies of long-distance relationships? I'm Darshan Johan, and this is Today I Learned. On the show with me today is Rosie Khalid. She's a licensed counsellor. Welcome back to the show, Rosie. It's been a while. Hi, hi, Dashran. Nice to see you again. <laughs> so, let's start by just discussing common challenges. Um, what are the common challenges in your experience um, faced by couples in long-distance relationships? Uh, I think, as what you've mentioned, um, the physical closeness. Mm-hmm. So, it doesn't have to be intimacy, right? It can be that physical closeness. Mm. Um, communication, that can be quite challenging, Especially if there's a time difference, um, people can get bogged down with their work, um, and then connection as well, right? So you're talking about connection, and that goes back to the intimacy, and then maybe lack of trust. Sometimes mm. you have lack of trust. This could stem from insecurities, or maybe if you've experienced uh, painful past relationships. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. you know, these challenges you mentioned, are they on top of the regular challenges that couples already face? So even in, you know, geographically close relationships, um, even if you're living together with your partner, even if you're married or whatever it may be, right, you face challenges, you have to work on mm. it, you may argue and so on and so forth. When you list down the challenges just now of long-distance relationships, are we talking about these challenges on top of all the other regular challenges? Mm-hmm. I think that it's the same challenges that even someone in the same country face, mm. right? I mean, couples who are living in the same country face, they, they have the mm. same issues as well, whether it's about... So there are people who see each other every day, but they don't have intimacy, right? right? They can't get intimate with each other or they have communication issues or there's no connection or there's even like lack of trust. So I feel that... Sometimes long distance relationships, they can they can even be emotionally closer compared mm. to couples who actually see each other every day. So it really depends on conversations, how they spend time together, you know, whether there's substance to what they're talking about, what they're doing together, or whether they're just talking about the weather. Right. <laughs> right. So yes, it can be physically challenging to be away to have that physical distance and I think that's unique when it comes to the long distance relationship but the issues that long distance relationship face yes I think the physical part would be more like compared Mm. to um, couples who are not in long distance relationship right Mm. so why do some people, because um, in my experience, um, I've been in long distance relationship before. Um, at that point, mm. um, with, with now who, she's my ex, we are still good friends and all. Um, it was mm. a huge challenge. I didn't particularly enjoy it, but we got through it um, and, and all of that. But like you said, um, there are people who are completely okay with long-distance yeah. relationships. In fact, they say like distance makes the heart go fonder, <laughs> and, you know, all these kinds of things. Why do some people cope with LDRs better than others? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen like married couples and kids are all grown up mm. and they're still doing long distance and they're happy, right? right? Um, so I think this is like a dance, right? Mm. You're on the same page. You're on the same page with the rhythm, with the tempo and the choice of music. It's all about being the same page. There are also people who are in an open relationship and long distance and they're happy because that's what they both want. Right. So I think it really depends whether you're on the same page or not. I think it's not like, oh, maybe more secure people do better. No, I think if both people, both uh, the couples are insecure and they both need to have FaceTime every second and they're happy with that, then there's no issue, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's about whether they're getting their needs met. Mm. Yeah. So many individuals in long-distance relationships um, report feeling emotionally isolated. And are there any warning signs that a partner may be struggling emotionally. Like, do you, how, how, how do you gauge that? I think people respond or express emotions differently, right? Mm. So some are a bit more actively expressing their emotions. So you can see that maybe they're actively communicating about that, right? Um, or they may not be quite direct about it. Maybe they want more attention. Maybe they want to connect more. Maybe they want to FaceTime more. Uh, maybe they want to spend time together more. Um, and people who are a bit more passive, people who are a bit more passive, maybe you'll see um, emotional withdrawal, hmm. right? Um, and maybe they cope through different things. Maybe they cope through finding different distractions. And then that's where you find people who also cheat on their partners um, to get something that they cannot have in the relationship, right. right? Whether it's the emotional comfort, security, or reassurance or validation, right? Um, so there are many different ways as to how people um, show that they are emotionally isolated. Right. Mm. You know, I've come across just um, in my converse conversations mm. with people who have been in LDRs, um, mm. some of them, you know, they maintain a um, quote-unquote good discipline or, or structure yeah. in the sense that yeah. they are like, okay, you know, we must make time to call each other. Um, we yeah. must make time to, you know, some they may even like have dinner together through video yeah. call, right? Um, one person yeah, is yeah. cooking on that side, I'm cooking on this side, for example, and then we have a dinner through video call. Um, but yet, um, they say that after you know, a while, they start to feel like they're not close. They're losing the sense of closeness. Why do you think that is? Okay. So I think there are many reasons. And mm. I think, again, different relationships, they're different. Kan? Right. And if you're talking about long-term relationship, mm -hmm. maybe you're doing this for five years, six years or seven years, or maybe something happened in your life and then there'll be changes. Right. So changes to that person, whether mm. it's, um, emotionally or whether it's in terms of values or maybe in terms of priority or, or even culturally if you're in a different country and maybe you have differences in culture that that you've adapted to, right? So I think with long-term relationships, you are going to see changes mm -hmm. and maybe some of these changes could contribute to that, right? Uh, but maybe for a non-long-term relationship, right. I think there's so many different factors. It could be maybe that's what not that's not what connection looks like. Maybe that's not what love looks like, mm. you know? And if you're too strict on 
a certain structure, but you don't feel it. You don't feel like I want to, I don't feel like I want to talk to you, but we've already scheduled right. this in <laughs> and I feel obligated to do that. Right. Then it becomes so forced, right? Uh, and also, I mean, I think there's nothing wrong with scheduling, cooking together. Yeah. And I think the idea there is to feel included. Mm-hmm. You want to feel included in the other person's life. Oh, yes. You want to be seen, um, do things together, you know? And I think there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that also, I think long distance relationship requires a bit more fluidity. Like you need to be fluid and flexible and I guess play by ear. Mm. Absolutely. Uncertainty about the future, especially Mm. regarding when the distance will will close can be a significant stressor, right? Because it's, Mm -mm. I think it's a little bit easier maybe um, it's like, let's say you say like, okay, I'm going to go overseas and study for one year or one and a half years. And after mm. that, I'm definitely going to come back home, right? So that is situation number one. Um, but there is there is a, a level of certainty there, right? Um, because you know roughly when the distance will come to a close. Well, situation number two is what I want to explore in this question, right? This idea that I'm going to study overseas, I may want to get an internship there and one day I may want to migrate there. You don't know. Mm. Or I may want mm. to come back to Malaysia, right? Mm. You know, or whichever country, right? Mm. In these kinds of situations where there is huge uncertainty about when the distance will close and if the distance will close in the first place, um, this can cause stress. How, what are your thoughts on this and, and how can people navigate this? Whatever works. <laughs> so, some people are okay with the maze. Like, maybe I want to do this. Maybe I want right. to do that, right? And some people are just like, okay, let's do the maybes and see where this goes, mm. right? And especially during during COVID. And we, yeah. we I, I observed like a lot more long-distance couples. They're stuck. There's a lot of maybe and uncertainties, right? And the, that gives a lot of anxiety to a lot of people. So that's very challenging, right? But there are also, I think the focus here would be what can we do to redirect our attention to what's within our control? And do we know that our partner is doing all that they can to provide us that reassurance or to provide us a sense of security, right? That I'm here, we're doing this together. You're not all by yourself. Don't know where this is going to lead us to, but I'm here and we're going to journey on together, right? right? So I think the key lies in having that trust and reassurance in the midst of this uncertainty. So there are people who do okay with uncertainty. And this is when like, Basically, whatever works for the couple, like their dance, their song, their tempo, their rhythm. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, this should, should, you know, those in long distance relationships, yeah. right? Should they have a vision for when the distance will come to a close? Let's say um, you, you, you are in this relationship, someone is going overseas to work or someone mm. or maybe going to study or whatever it may be, should you know, we establish that or, or have a vision that, okay, roughly this long distance thing is going to take about one year or six months or two years or whatever it may be. I will come back during Christmas um, or summer holidays or whatever it may be in, in that sense. Or how, how would you advise um, someone who say, okay, should I have a vision? Should I discuss with my partner and say, discuss all of these things? And, and we know uh, clearly 
what our vision of, of when this long distance relationship is going to end, what our future holds and so on and so forth. I think it's always important to communicate that, mm. right? Our expectations. Mm. Um, and I think the, again, the uncertainty and the certainty, some people are okay with that, some are not. So of course, for those who are not okay with uncertainty, this conversation becomes even more important, right? What are our goals? And looking at the relationship, is it like a college love kind of relationship or is it a marriage? Uh, do they have kids? So there are people that I know who have kids and are doing long distance relationships. So they are doing parenting alone. Mm. And how is that going to affect their marriage or their family system? So it depends on the type of the relationship their goals together as a couple, not even as a family, um, as a couple first, and then as a family to see where they're going. So it's important to, I wouldn't say vision, uh, because you cannot like predict what's going to happen anyway, right. right? But at least talk about what do you want together? Mm. What are your values? What are your priorities? You know, um, And I think there's nothing wrong with talking about it. And there's nothing wrong with not talking about it than just going with the flow. Again, it's whatever works for the couple. Mm. In your experience, Rosie, do you yeah. see a, a difference between um, how non uh, or, or difference in challenges and, and approaches between um, unmarried um, people um, mm. who are on LDRs versus married people with children who are on LDRs? Mm things get more serious. <laughs> <laughs> because you have a child on tour, right. right? And you're talking about their education and uh, being raised without a parent there and another parent um, having to take on all that parenting responsibilities, right? And then, and then there's also the question of adjustment where what if the other parent comes back home and the family dynamics change? a lot of things going on there, definitely. When you have a kid, when you have a family, right? Uh, versus when you're not yet married. Um, and I find that people are a bit more open to options mm. in terms of future. I feel that they would probably be the ones who are, let's go with the flow. <laughs> <laughs> or right. they're also the ones who are prepared to get married, right? right. So they're the ones who are engaged mm. and they're talking about, getting married and then what would be the goals together we're going to raise a family here so these are still things that that couples do talk about right, right. where we're we going to raise our family mm. i know an acquaintance who's been in a long distance relationship um, with someone from a different country um, for i think seven to ten years and whenever i ask him if they have plans to move closer to each other or you know or what are the next steps? Um, he usually says, you know, we are just going with the flow. But seven years though, you know, that's quite impressive, you know. Like, what are your thoughts on this? But you know, Dashan, there are couples who are not even a long-distance relationship. Right. Probably have been together for seven, ten years. Right. And still don't have plans on getting married right. or no vision for their relationship. Right. They're right. just very content and happy with, with where they're at. They, mm. Some some even don't even want to put a label to what they are. Absolutely. And that works for them, right? Right. So I guess as a counsellor, right, the one question that I'm always reflecting on, always asking myself is, first, I have to be aware of not imposing my own judgement, like, hey, that's Absolutely, wrong, or hey, yeah. that's right, that's not good for you, right? So it's about withholding that judgement 
and understanding: is this affecting my client? Is does my client feel good about this or not? So if both couples they're happy with where they're at, they're not thinking about future, then my job is to say okay, <laughs> right, right. And if there are issues, then we talk about the issues and what they mean to them. All right, let's go for a very quick break. On the show with me today is Rosie Khalid. She's a licensed counselor. We will continue this discussion after these messages. Keep it here on Today I Learned, BFM eighty nine point nine. Welcome back to Today I Learned. I'm Dashran Johan, and on the show with me today is Rosie Khalid. She's a licensed counselor, and we're talking about long-distance relationships. So, Rosie, um, I guess you know, uh, you know, before the break, I, I brought up this example, which I found rather impressive. This this idea of, you know, um, acquaintance of mine who has been um, in a long-distance relationship for seven to ten years, um. And I'm, I guess one of the reasons why I find it fascinating or, or very impressive, and, and not from a judgmental way, just genuinely um, very fascinated, maybe because the, of this physical intimacy aspect or, or just physical closeness aspect, right? Um, because it is a key component in many romantic relationships for many people. Um, how do you see that, and how can couples cope? with the lack of physical closeness in a long-distance context? I think there are other ways to achieve the intimacy. Mm. Or I think I think the main goal here is also looking at why is that important to you, right? Is it about knowing that you're someone special? Mm-hmm. And what would make you feel special, right? right? So maybe it's not through... Some people have... They score high on physical touch. So we were talking about love languages. Uh, but there are also other ways to show love, whether it's through gifts or words, words of affirmation, or whether it's through acts of service. Um, I mean, in a more like long-distance way. Lah. Right. Um, so I think there are definitely different things that couples can do to show their love and to maintain that sense of intimacy by you know letting the other person know nah, that I love you that mm. you are still someone who's very special to me um, and again this works differently for different people some people are happy to get a letter happy to get a gift and I think what that does is it's basically saying hey I still remember you this reminded me of you and that feeling mm. of being included and being thought of you know uh, same thing same thing for couples who are not even doing long distance right mm. How important is trust in long-distance relationships? Um, are there warning signs that trust, trust issues may be emerging? Yeah, yeah. So it's super important. <laughs> <laughs> so very important. Even more, I guess this is where it becomes even more important compared to the non, non-long-distance right. relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, because without trust, then one person will get so overwhelmed by insecurities. Another person will get overwhelmed by all those demands of having to be there and validating and reassuring. So it can be very um, straining on the relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so other signs could be maybe constant check-ins, you know. Right. Um, but sometimes that depletes drastically too for people who are a bit more 
passive, right? Mm. Maybe they get emotionally withdrawn from this. Right. And it's and no, it's coping but through protecting themselves from the hurt. Now. So you right. protect yourself from the hurt by not feeling, not connecting. Mm. So you withdraw emotionally, right? So I guess any sorts of changes could mean something. Yeah. So how can couples build and maintain that trust when they're not physically together? And, I'm, I'm, you know, there are mm. some couples who are maybe, you know, gen- like they lack trust maybe because of past mm. experiences and, and all, which is a challenge in and of itself. But I've also noticed that, um, you know, when I talk to some people that, you know, they are actually trusting people, but it's because of this long distance thing, which suddenly, you know, they, they, there's mm. this, this anxiety, like you said, they can be overwhelmed, um, um, you know, suddenly things that they wouldn't have thought of or, or like jealousy that they wouldn't have had if the couple is here um, or, or if their partner is, is in close proximity um, or, or living, you know, um, in the same country at least or in the same neighbourhood or, or whatever it may be, um, suddenly when it's long distance, they start to develop this, this anxiety or, or this lack of trust. So how can they work on it? How can couples build and maintain this trust when they are not physically mm. together? Mm. Yeah, long distance really puts your trust to the next level, right. isn't it? Absolutely. It's like a test. <laughs> How trust? <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I think there's definitely underlying factors here mm. to explore, right? What might that be about? Where is the anxiety really coming from? Mm. So, of course, having that physical closeness can provide reassurance, right? So, when it comes to anxiety of being away, it could be from past experience. It could be from childhood. It could be that sense of abandonment. It could be with physical closeness, you feel validated, you feel reassured, you know. Um, and when your partner is away, then it creates a lot of anxiety. But the question to really ask yourself is, where is that really coming from? Is it really because I can't trust this person or is it because of my past? Is it because of that fear of being abandoned, fear of being forgotten, fear that things might go wrong? Mm. Um, and what might that be about, right? So going back to your question, Dashran, how do you fix that? It's only when you know where it's coming from, then only you can fix it. So if it's about abandonment, for example, during childhood, mm. then we want to be able to reach out to that girl that feels scared and give her that reassurance and validation that it's okay, you know. Um, so a lot of therapy that we do in session with our clients is also looking at the inner child that's hurt. Right. So this could be one of it. And this is just one example, yeah. So right. this is just one example of maybe there was abandonment in the past. Um, and then we work with the inner child. Or it could be other things, really. It could be... I don't know because <laughs> different people are very different. Right. So this could stem from being cheated before, mm. right? And that pain and betrayal. Um, so to provide reassurance and validation means that how can this person give you that safety, that security? What would give you that sense of that you can actually trust this person, right? Um, so this is where couples need to work together. Right. Mm. You know, I'm getting one thing um, from, you know, this this past 20 minutes of talking to you and that is, you know, it's it's 
everybody, every couple is different, right? In the Ooh. sense, because I think sometimes people have the tendency to just look at things on the surface level and mm. be like, you know, this, you know, why this couple, they could do it for two years and no problem. Why are we facing so much problems? You know, this mm. this kind of thing. But it it, it really is, you, you, people shouldn't be comparing that way, right? Because different, yeah, different couples have different needs, different love languages, so on and so forth. Mm. Yeah, and, and it's like, it's like how you have chicken rice in Malaysia versus chicken <laughs> rice in China. Right. Completely different. <laughs> Absolutely. It's completely different, right? So what I'm saying is you can have the same issues. Mm. You can have insecurities. We have the same kind of insecurity. You're so scared that your partner will be cheating on you, for example. But it's not the same. It's never the same because you have different experiences in the past, brought up differently, maybe different values different DNA, different mental health issues. So there's a big thing that people need to consider like, before, you know, saying that why this person can do it and I can't, you know? Right. Yeah. You know, I was asking a few people just sourcing for questions based on, you know, people's experiences and, and things like that yesterday. <laughs> and someone asked something which I found quite interesting. What would you advise someone or a couple who are in the position where, okay, let's say now they are in university or let's say they met at work or wherever it may be, they are deeply in love. They are like, okay, this is the best. This is the love of my life. I want to get married to this person. And then something um, happens that causes a long distance to come. So for example, you have to go overseas and study for a couple of years. Or maybe you mm. have a work project in, in another country for a couple of years. Right, in which you're only going to come back once a year or maybe you, you can't come back because it's flying, it's too expensive. So many different factors, right? But let's just say there's going to be a period of one and a half, two years, two and a half years in which it's going to be long distance. So the question they asked was, what if I'm so really, really, you know, we are so in love with each other. We know that this is the person we want to be with, but we just cannot deal with long distance. We know that at the mm. end of it, when they are back, I can spend the rest of my life with this person and it's going mm. to be great. I mean, obviously there'll be challenges and all, but broadly it's going to be, you know, this is the person that I want to be with. But I cannot, that two years, I cannot tahan. Like just, mm. it's, it's so difficult, you know, it is just not what I want out of a relationship. How would you navigate a situation like this? Mm. definitely exploring that fear mm. what is that fear saying what are you afraid of right sometimes people just stay away from it because fear of getting hurt right fear of you know we hear a lot of bad things from long distance relationship because you know like cheating involved or like people's just they, they just kind of like stray away from each other and all that. So sometimes people are afraid of all that, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's about understanding that fear. Why are you so afraid of it? What's going on there? And I think after realizing where that's coming from, again, only when you know where it's coming from, then you can make uh, a decision whether mm -hmm. you want to move forward with this relationship. Or if you die, die, know you cannot, then it's okay. It's okay to take a break if you want to take a break right. or it's okay to call it off if you feel that that's better for you, mm -hmm. right? So, but before you go to, this is what I want, you need to first understand why. Right. Then you can make 
a decision lah. Yeah, I don't know if that. No, no. I think I think that's really <laughs> yeah. good advice. What yeah. role does effective communication and and this you're probably going to say like yeah. this is the most important, Robert? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> what what role does effective communication play in sustaining a long distance relationship? Very important, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> um, but I think I think what's more important, right, mm. Dashran, is about understanding what is effective communication. Mm. So what is it? Because we all know communication is so important, right? Right. But what is it? Right. So I think it's important to empathize. Mm. Be empathizing means understanding what your partner is going through, even if you don't understand it, even mm. if you have different narratives, like. Sometimes people feel like, oh, my partner is just really blowing this out of proportion, right? And that's you already judging the other person without hearing it out, without empathizing, without and right. uh, without exploring and understanding their narrative of why they're hurt or why they're in pain or why they're angry. And sometimes with anger, people shy away from that because they're scared. Right. They're scared of anger. But if you can see that anger as pain, my partner is in pain. She's hurting. He's hurting. What is this about? Hmm. Rather than getting defensive, rather than, right. hey, but I didn't hurt you, right? And sometimes it's hard to hear that, that you've hurt someone that you love. Hmm. So people get defensive and immediately justifying like, no, I didn't hurt you. That was not what I was right. doing, right? So what's important here too is provide that space and really listen to their story, their narrative hmm. and being curious about it. So if you don't understand, then ask, Tell me more. Tell me more about it. How did I hurt you? Right? right? So effective communication isn't always about how articulated you are. Isn't it always about finding the right words? Mm. I mean, that can be very effective, but it's more effective if you are good at listening. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I think that's something that people should keep in mind for sure. Now, yeah. So LDR couples, just like any other couple, just even geographically close couples, have arguments. How do you advise conflict management for these kinds of specific, like conflict in long distance relationship? Would you mm. also say that it's more difficult because the partners are separated? Of course, mm. yeah. And then because everything's online, right? I don't right. feel like talking to you back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and immediately exactly. the other person is like, oh my God, right. abandonment. Yes, you and know? then you can get like even more frustrated because, yeah, you know, like, and I can't, I, I keep calling you. It's yes. like I can just drive over to your house, exactly. right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and throw eggs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be quite challenging when mm-hmm. it comes to conflict. Mm-hmm. So, ground rules have got to be there. Mm-hmm. So, you need to make rules like, okay, nobody is going to like like cut each other off. Or, or we know once we get a bit more, I guess, aggressive and, and clearly we're not in listening mood, right? So, we agree to take a break and we'll come back again. And taking a break doesn't mean that one person's getting abandoned. It just means that we need to cool off. Right. And that's okay, right? Because sometimes taking a break means gives so much anxiety to couples because that could reflect, oh no, we're going to break up. Or, oh no, this person stopped loving me. Right. You know, I'm not important anymore. So catching those narratives is very important because sometimes that's not what your partner is trying to do. Is That's not the narrative that your partner has. So I think it's important to know what's going on internally and set some ground rules with your partner, see what works, right? And can always come back together, come back again when 
you can communicate, mm. when you can listen. Right. Mm. So, what advice would you give uh, couples who may be struggling with unmet, unmet expectations in their long-distance relationships? Mm. And these expectations can be, you know, set by in each individual. They can be set together or they can be just an expectation of the situation. And I think a striking example is that when you're about to embark on a long-distance relationship, mm. um, I realize that, you know, the mindset is usually we are not going to be like all these other people who ended up breaking up, right? Because we are unstoppable. You know, we are <laughs> going to video call every day, time zone differences. Who cares? I will wake up at 2 a.m. just to talk to you every single day. No problem. We can manage anything. Um, and then about a month later, reality starts to sink in. And, and I mean, time zone differences are time zone differences, you know, <laughs> if, if it is a time zone problem, right? And, and you, let's say if you are, you, you know, you're, you have a different batch of friends there and then, you know, you also have activities that you're doing with those friends, um, you know, and, and things like that. So it's not necessarily like peop that people are cheating on each other or anything. It's just that, you know, you are in, in a university over there or your work projects. So you have to hang out with your colleagues as well. You have to do your projects and all that. And, and, and sometimes, I mean, you can't do 2 a.m. calls every day, right? Eventually, you just yeah. feel tired and you need to sleep and, and so on and so forth. So how would you navigate this when, when this reality starts to sink in and then you're like, oh yeah. my God, all our expectations, whatever we thought, you know, it's all unmet. Yeah. yeah. So we were talking a little bit about being fluid, mm. right? Being able to understand that things do change. Mm. And especially in long-term relationships, when things do change, things will change, right? And which is why the strong foundation has to be there. You have to lay out the strong foundation there. And because with strong foundation, you know, it doesn't matter the season, doesn't matter the changes. It's strong. And that means that if my partner chooses to go drinking with his colleagues after working hours, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with him not calling me or saying like, sorry, I can't come up, you know, to the to the laptop to get on a call with you because we're having this makamakan and that's okay. Right. So if the foundation is there, foundation means the trust, connection. So if I'm connected, if I'm super connected, means my bottle is full, unmet needs all okay, whatever, trust is there and all that, then it's okay, okay, you go now, go with your colleague, right. you know. But sometimes it could also be like, oh, I'm really looking forward to this and you last minute this. The narrative that comes out to my head is, I'm not important. Mm. So if that comes out in your head that I'm not important to him, he, I'm secondary, he prioritizes his work colleagues, then that's where the issue comes out. Right. So, there is that, right? And there is also um, the dance. We were talking about a lot, the dance. And sometimes when you schedule things or in a very structured manner, right? It really, I think, takes a lot of toll on that relationship. Right. Because you know like how you dance, you don't always think about how you do it. You don't always think about how you want to end it. Right. You know? And, and you just dance to the music, enjoy the music and to the, with the companion of each other like, rather than thinking, I need to dance this way, thinking of every move. Right. I can't imagine huh? if you dance and then you think about like moving left and right, right maybe next, right. next step I should raise my hand up. <laughs> I, <laughs> right? right? And so 
the thing about having that fluidity, I think it's very important in a relationship, right? It's about the journey. It's about the dance rather than how do I end it? How do I dance? It's about feeling, connecting. Right. Yeah. And also the foundation. So the foundation is also understanding whether you have insecurities, whether you're connected. So if you're, like, for example, my husband and I, if I feel like we're so connected, he wants to go riding every week, go la. <laughs> you know? <laughs> For as long as you do the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, now, this is an interesting one. I, I want to ask in, about LDRs, but I think it perhaps broadly also applies to people, couples within, um, who are in uh, geographical proximity. When should couples in LDR seek professional help, such as going for couples counselling, um, at one point, would you, like, when should they come to you, Rosie? When, when should they say, like, okay, now mm. this is the point where I think we need to, to, to get some professional help? Yeah, usually when couples come to me, it's really like someone already brought up the word divorce. Right. You know? Or someone already brought up, like, I'm done with this. Mm. Um, and usually that's where couples are at when right. they start seeing a counsellor. Mm. That's in me. Right. Um, so I would suggest that couples do it before. <laughs> <laughs> right. I would suggest that. I mean, I mean, there are couples who do it. And there are couples who are about to get married and they just want to see like how they work through their differences. And especially when they fight and they realize that it can get very intense when they fight and they want to see what that's about, you know? So I think when there's a recurring issues that's unsolved and you know, maybe sometimes it's not really quite about your partner. There's something deeper than that. Um, Sometimes when you have constant conflicts, maybe constantly arguing, um, yeah. So I think I think this works for different types of people, lah. Whether they are constantly arguing, whether they are about to get married and they want to seek out like how they manage their differences, mm. whether they want to transition into like being parents and and see you know where that lands for them. So therapy isn't always about solving problems or trying to see how to solve problems or issues. Mm. It can also be about understanding themselves together and better as a couple or as parents. So right. it can be that too. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you something. This is honestly just more for my personal mm. curiosity, but I think maybe for people who have no clue how this would yeah. work, if they are in an LDR, um, they I think it could be valuable for them. So how do you, let's say as a counsellor, as a therapist, how do you approach let's say LDR counseling is it mm. do you do it via zoom do you have to choose a time like especially if it's different time zones that is suitable yeah. for both parties how does that work yeah 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 i've done like 8 a.m sessions 11 p.m <laughs> sessions oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a uh, finding what works right. right uh yeah yeah but we obviously have to do online sessions lah. Hmm. Right. Okay. So before we wrap this conversation up, would you have um, some final thoughts or just something to keep in mind? Um, how can couples stay emotionally connected um, even when they're physically apart? Um, and what should people keep in mind before they embark on an LDR? Communicate, mm-hmm. right? For sure. And again, talking about communication isn't always about talking. It's also about listening. And I think more importantly is finding your own song. Hmm. So there are things that work for other couples but don't work for you. There are things that work for you but don't work for other couples. Um, so talking about emotional connection, it's about finding your own 
strong. What connects the both of you? My husband and I, we watch Korean shows together. That's our connection. <laughs> right. We laugh about like dumb Korean shows that's so funny, <laughs> you know. And maybe it doesn't work for other people, right? Uh, so it really depends uh, on what's your song together, right? right? And communication. So if if only you're aware, you have high self-awareness, you're aware of this is what I need for my partner, communicate that. But if you don't know what you need and you don't know what keeps you, makes you feel safe or secure in this relationship, and if you can't communicate all that, then your partner also wouldn't know, right? Mm. So a lot of couples work also requires the person to explore themselves too and then communicate that and explore themselves also to realize whether this is stemmed from past issues, family upbringing and all that. And then how do you resolve that and not let it spill over to your current relationship? Rosie, as always, thank you so much for joining me. No worries, Dashan. That was Rosie Khalid. She's a licensed counsellor. If you missed any part of this conversation, we are also available on podcasts. You can check us out on the BFM app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm Dashan Johan, and this has been Today I Learned, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.